Good morning, everybody. All right. I think first we have some announcements. I wasn't given a paper this morning, but um, I don't know if there's anything too new for us. Um, things to remember. Oh, yeah. Uh, first, we have, a, we have a meal today. Donna Maria have cooked for us most graciously. We're excited for that. Um, something to eat. Stick around. Fellowship with us. It's good stuff. Uh, yeah, classes, things like that. Announcements will be on the screen. I don't think anything too new this week. All right. So before I give my blessed life this morning, just a reminder that uh, tithe boxes are in the back. Um, and what I have for us this morning is entitled um, The Unearned Blessing. So as I was reading for my uh, daily devotions a few weeks ago, uh, I came across that, that lengthy list of blessings that the Israelites were given before they entered the, pl- the promised land in Deuteronomy 28. Uh, now in Deuteronomy, this is the second time in the Bible um, that we find this exact same list. Uh, the first time Moses declares uh, the Lord's many wondrous promises, um, the circumstances are quite similar, in fact. Um, Uh, The Israelites have just been freed from bondage. Um, They have been given a method by which they can commune with the one true God. And they are on the cusp of entering that promised land, the land that was promised to their fathers and their fathers before them, that they know they're about to enter. Except if you know your Bible, um, this is not what happens. Um, There's this 40-year walk in the desert that comes in between these two identical promises of blessing, um, these years of tedious, restless, nomadic life in which their hearts are, are ever hardening. Um, and when we look at that, it can seem strange when you think about it, why these stubborn, ungrateful, and fickle people were chosen to represent God to the rest of humanity. Um, <laughs> but then perhaps these, is- these attributes, attributes might sound a bit um, familiar to us if we might think about it for a moment. Um, perhaps a little too familiar. (laughs) And sometimes I wonder, how many promised lands have I foregone so that I could remain in the wasteland that I once called home? Um, The Israelites didn't deserve that second promise that they were given in Deuteronomy, but God gave it knowing full well that they would still turn aside even after they received all the promises. And he still sent his son, knowing full well that much of the world would soon forget and even deny it ever happened and deny its very power that we know. Now, in Deuteronomy 28, I'm encouraged by the phrase that Moses uses, promising that these blessings will not not just happen arbitrarily, but that they will overtake or they will conquer people. And I realize that he doesn't give us second chances because he is simply tolerant of our behavior but because he is a fervent and powerful, mighty king who is willing to war against sin, to war against doubt and hate with the love, hope, and truth, uh, knowing full well that it is he who will win, and it is he who owns the rights to our hearts and the lives that he created. And I know I can trust him, and we can trust him, to do the work that in each of us that he has promised to do. Um, so as I speak um, these blessings from Deuteronomy 28 over us, um, remember to claim the claim that you hold as children of a mighty God, that we are a people set apart for these blessings. But also remember the responsibility as well, that we are to rest and trust fully in his promises, 
and that all our work will follow out from that in joy and goodness. To not settle for scraping manna from the dust, perhaps, but to take that next step, to go deeper, to seek him out, for there beyond where we are now is where we'll find that ever-flowing milk and honey. So here are some select blessings from Deuteronomy 28. Um, the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon you, and they will overtake you, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds, and the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you come out. The Lord will cause your enemies to rise against, will, ca will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come against you one way, but they shall flee before you in seven others. The Lord will establish you as a holy people unto himself. Just as he has sworn to you, if you keep his commandments and walk in his ways, then all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and the Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season, and to bless all the works of your hands. Amen. All right. I think that works as a prayer as well. <laughs> Amen. Thank you. Uh, last week I mentioned briefly that, uh, that I believe that, you know, God is very much involved in every part of our life, including on a football field. Intricately involved. And... Uh, I was paging through something on my iPad this week, and it was NFL media research team report. And I thought this was good, and I think it's going to be on the screen, too. This is what it said. Stefan Diggs' 61-yard touchdown as time expired is still hard to believe when Vikings radio man Paul Allen called it the Minnesota Miracle or Minneapolis, I think it was, but here it says Minnesota Miracle. It was Minnesota too, right? Not just Minneapolis. But anyway, in real time, he called that. What his description lacked in innovation, it made up for in dead-on accuracy. That play was a miracle. Truly a divine intervention in human affairs. And since when did the heavens smile down upon the Vikings? <laughs> truly, truly wild stuff. And so I thought I just got to share that with the church family this morning. So anyway, we say, as they've been saying, bring it home Vikings, right? And uh, by the way, some of the Vikings players are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And, of course, the, some of the saints were, too. I think I maybe saw them praying. Were they praying in the middle? 
after the game was over. I saw that, I believe. I look at Kent and Chantel because they were there. And they, as you can tell, they got their voices back uh, so they could sing. But uh, one of the players said that he plays to glorify and magnify God, to glorify God, their Lord Jesus Christ, his Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, we can say that same thing, that uh, whatever we do in our life's work or in our play, uh, we do it to glorify our Lord Jesus Christ. And so, who is this Lord Jesus? Well, that's what our message is about today. We titled it, Who is this Jesus? Jesus is divine. Jesus is God. And a summary might be divine names and titles are ascribed to Jesus, and they prove that he is by nature divine, or God, and he's a member of the Godhead. And uh, Jesus is. And so let's look at Colossians 2, 8 and 9 here, Amplified Bible. It says, See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception, pseudo-intellectual babble, according to the tradition and musings of mere men, following the elementary principles of this world, rather than following the truth and the teachings of Christ, of Jesus the Anointed One. For in him all, listen to this, in him all the fullness of deity, the Godhead. This is as it is directly out of the Amplified Bible with those parentheses there, the Godhead dwells in bodily form, completely expressing the divine essence of God. That's Jesus. In him, all the fullness of deity, the Godhead dwells in bodily form, completely expressing the divine essence of God. You know, just a few weeks ago, we were celebrating Christmas where we see Jesus come as just the babe. And we saw a portrayal of that on Christmas Eve of Jesus being born, you know, so vulnerable. And that's God. That's our God. And that's what he, he did for us. He became flesh. But what we're going to do today, we're going to make a list, and this is not an inclusive list, from God's word of the divine names, titles, and attributes given to Jesus. And we're going to start in Isaiah 9, uh, verse 6. And it says, For unto us is born, a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. And so we begin to make this list. From there we see he's wonderful is one. Number two, counselor. 
Number three, mighty God. Number four, everlasting Father. Number five, Prince of Peace. And just a little note there with everlasting Father. You know, Jesus the Messiah is the only one who can reveal God's fatherly character to us. You know, it may seem, why would he be called everlasting Father? But he is the one in nature and essence with the Father. That's what he is, Jesus is. And from Jesus' own lips, words such as these were spoken. He said in John 10, 30 and 38, I and the Father are one. I and the Father. Know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. Now that we understand from here, not from here, it's our heart, our spirit, we can grasp. And this is where the eyes of our heart are open to, to see these things, as we were just singing about, as that word came forth. Opening our eyes that we may see even greater measures of these truths. And then Jesus also said, have I been so long with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? That's from John 14. If you want to know the Father and what he's like, look at Jesus. Jesus is the perfect image of God, the exact rep representation of his being. Jesus alone makes the Father known. And no one can come to the Father except through him. That's John 14 also, the sixth verse. Everything you have ever dreamed a father could be, everything you've ever wanted from your relationship with your earthly father, Jesus has revealed God the Father to be for you. Oh, thank you, Lord, that we can get in your word and just know because Jesus revealed the Father to us. Jesus, your Messiah, will forever be perfectly Father-like in the way he shepherds and leads you. And by the way, his relationship with you is everlasting. Say everlasting. Everlasting. It's forever. Father. You know, us fathers know none of us are perfect. And some of us maybe have had really some challenging, really hard experiences with fathers. But he is our Father, our everlasting Father. But number six, name or title, Emmanuel, God with us. We see in Matthew 1.23, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name, what? Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. 
Number seven, the word of God. Some scriptures from John 1 here, speaking of the eternal word, Jesus. In the beginning was the word, that's Jesus, and the word, Jesus, was with God, and the word, Jesus, was God. Jesus is God. Say that. Jesus is God. He, that's Jesus, was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, that's Jesus. Without him, nothing was made that was made. In him, Jesus, was life, and the life was the light of men. And the word, that's Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. This is Jesus. And then Revelation 19, 13. He was clothed, that's Jesus, with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Let's go to number eight. Lord of all. Acts 10.36, the word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he, see, say this with me, he is Lord of all. Say it again. He is Lord of all. Once more. He is Lord of all. This Jesus. Number nine, Lord of glory. 1 Corinthians 2.8, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would never have crucified the Lord of glory. I believe that was in one of our songs this morning. Number 10, the Son of God. Romans 1, 1 through 4. Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God, which he promised before through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be, he was declared to be, the Son of God. Say that with me. The Son of God, with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Number 11, the only begotten Son. John three sixteen through 18. For God so loved the world that he gave his, say it with me, his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, is not sentenced to judgment. You are not under condemnation. Wow, that's strong here this morning. Some may be dealing with condemnation. 
That's what the devil does. He's the accuser. He's the finger pointer. That's what Satan is. The accuser of the brethren. Hallelujah. For he who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already. If you have not received Jesus as your personal, personally received him as your Savior, the word says we're condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son. The only begotten Son. You see, Jesus has already taken that condemnation. He's taken the sentence of judgment upon himself. He's taken it all upon himself. He received it upon himself so that we may be free. But we need to receive that. Believe it. Receive it. Take it. Take that for ourselves personally and live like we believe it. John 1.18 also confirms this. It says, No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him. The only begotten Son has declared Him. God's beloved Son, number 12, Matthew 3.17 and suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is, say it with me, my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. My beloved Son. And number 13, the Alpha and the Omega. Just read this whole scripture with me. I am the Alpha and the Omega the beginning and the end, the first and the last. You see, Jesus is God. He's holy God. The fullness of the Godhead is in him. And we're in him. We're in him. He's in us. In him we are complete. Wow. Jesus was from forever and he will be forever you were in God's heart and thoughts way before you were born and now you are forever in him eternal isn't that something there's just something in us that knows it. In a couple of weeks, Joyce and I are going to talk and we're about to share some things that we gleaned and learned through the time of, of uh, Mom Rosabone's passing. Um, but one thing I know, you're there with someone when they passes, when they pass out of their body, you know that's not the end. This isn't the end. This isn't the end. As we were singing that song this morning, um, last war with pain, you know, what's the name of that song? Because He Lives. 
You know, I, I was just right there again with Mom Rosebaum this morning. I tell you, and the thing is, this is the truth. Our loved ones, they are forever. They're in, as they're in Christ, and this is where, oh, our prayers need to go forth in Christ. That all of our loved ones, you know, continued prayer, I'd say probably increased whatever God puts on our hearts, those prayers for our loved ones and our neighbors and whoever the Lord puts on our heart to pray for. Like Kent was saying, you know, Lord, what would you have me do now? Pray for whoever. Just pray for them. Take, just take a little time right now. Take a little time right now. Take a little time right now to pray for your neighbor. Pray for your neighbor. See, once they've drawn that last breath, well, that's, that's, that's too late. But it's not too late if you got a breath. It's not. Alpha and the Omega, number 14, the son of the highest. Luke 1.32, he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Highest. Say that, Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. Number 15, the bread of God. John 6.33, for the bread, say it with me, the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Number 16, the Holy One of God. Mark 1.24, saying, Let us alone, for what have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know you are, say it, the Holy One of God. That's what he is. And then 17, the King of kings and Lord of lords, Revelation 19.16, and he is on his robe, and on his thigh, a name written, say it with me, King of kings and Lord of lords. So who is this Jesus? The word of God clearly teaches, plainly teaches us that Jesus, our Redeemer, is divine. He is Almighty God. He's God Almighty. Here's some more divine offices and titles that are ascribed to him. Number 18, Creator, Colossians 1.16. For by him all things were created. Say that. All things were created. That's by him. That are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. Number 19, mediator, 1 Timothy 2, 4 and 5. Who desires for all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth? For there is one God and one, what? Mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. No one else. Number 20, head of the church, Colossians 1, starting at 17. And he is before all things, 
and in him all things consist. Wow. He is before all things, and in him all things consist, this Jesus. And then read the, the caps here with me. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell. That's what we read at the beginning of the message. 21, Savior, Luke 2, 11. For there is born unto you this day in the city of David, say it, a Savior. Oh, we need a Savior. We have a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Number 22, Judge, 2 Timothy 4, 1 and 2. I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and in his kingdom. Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and teaching. 23, upholder of all things. He's God's supreme revelation. Hebrews 1, starting at verse 1, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through him also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and, say it, upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat at the right hand of the majesty on high, the upholder of all things, 24, life giver, John 10, 28. And I say it, give them eternal life. Jesus does it. And they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. And then the last one for today, number 25. And we could go on and on, but the resurrection and the life, John eleven twenty five. And Jesus said to her, say it with me, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. So who is this Jesus? In just a few moments, we're going to go to a video. It's the voice of, it's the voice of uh, Oral Roberts, actually, but he's talking about when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in the fiery furnace, they refused to bow down and worship King Nebuchadnezzar, and they were sentenced to be thrown into a furnace that had been stoked seven times hotter than normal. And the question that the king had, he saw four people in that furnace, and he said, and we'll just, let's just read about it here now in Daniel 3.22. 
Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down and bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? And they answered and said to the king, True, O king. Well, look, he answered, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. So who is this fourth man? Let's watch that video. If someone could get the lights too for us. I'm going to sit down here to watch this. And leaping into time and space, he raced across the heavens faster than the speed of sound or light. And before they ever threw them in the furnace, he was on the inside. He spoke to the flames. You shall not burn their bodies, or scorch their clothes, or seize their hair. And when they threw them bodily in the furnace, they did not know it, but they threw them into the arms of the fourth man. Who is this fourth man? I'll tell you who he is. In Genesis, he is the seed of the woman. In Exodus, the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, our high priest. In Numbers, the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. In Deuteronomy, the prophet like unto Moses. In Joshua, the captain of our salvation. In Judges, our judge and lawgiver. In Ruth, our kinsman redeemer. First and second Samuel, he is a prophet. In Kings and Chronicles, he is our reigning king. In Ezra, our faithful scribe. In Nehemiah, the rebuilder, the broken down walls of human life. In Esther, our Mordecai. In Job, our day spring from on high. In Psalms, the Lord our shepherd. Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, he is our wisdom. In the song of Solomon, the lover and the bridegroom. In Isaiah, the prince of peace. In Jeremiah, the righteous branch. In Lamentations, the weeping prophet. In Ezekiel, the wonderful four-faced man. In Daniel, the fourth man, the burning fiery furnace. Who is this fourth man? In Hosea, he is the faithful husband forever married to the backslider. In Joel, the baptizer with the Holy Ghost and fire. In Amos, our burden bearer. In Obadiah, the mighty savior, the mighty to save. In Jonah, our great foreign missionary. In Micah, the messenger of beautiful feet. In Nahum, the avenger of God's elect. In Habakkuk, God's evangelist, crying, revive thy work in the midst of the years. In Zephaniah, the savior. In Haggai, the restorer of God's lost heritage. In Zechariah, the fountain opened up in the house of David for sin and uncleanness. In Malachi, he is the son of righteousness rising with healing in his wings. In Matthew, he is the Messiah. Mark, the wonder worker. Luke, the son of man. John, the son of God. Acts, the Holy Spirit. Romans, our justifier. Corinthians, our sanctifier. Galatians, the redeemer from the curse of the law. Ephesians, the Christ of unsearchable riches. Philippians, the God who supplies all our needs. Colossians, the fullness of the Godhead bodily. First and second Thessalonians, he is our soon coming king. 
first and second Timothy, our mediator between God and man. Titus, our faithful pastor. Philemon, a friend, the stick of closer than a brother. Hebrews, the blood of the everlasting covenant. James, the great physician. First and second Peter, the chief shepherd who soon shall appear with a crown of unfading glory. First, second, and third John, he is love. In Jude, he's the Lord coming with ten thousands of his saints. In Revelation, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's Abel's sacrifice, Noah's rainbow, Abraham's ram, Isaac's well, Jacob's ladder, Issachar's burden, Judah's scepter, Moses' rod, Samuel's horn of oil, David's slingshot. Yes, he is Peter's shadow, Paul's handkerchiefs, and apron, John's pearly white city. To those of us who have to travel the dark night, he is the bright and morning star. To those who travel the lonesome valley, he's the lily of the valley, the rose of Sharon, honey in the rock, and the staff of life. He is the pearl of great price. He is the rock of ages. He is the everlasting father and the government of our life is on his shoulder. Who is he? Who is this fourth man? He is Jesus of Nazareth, the son of the living God. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's stand up together. Let's stand up together. Who is he? Jesus of Nazareth, the son of the living God. And he's here right now with us. Did you know that? He's here with us right now. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, thank you. Come out from that condemnation. There it is again. So how do you do that? You cast down those imaginations and any vain thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God in Christ Jesus and what you know in him, what he has done for you. Now, if you have not received Jesus as your Savior, you are, you are under, condemnations, under condemnation and you are sentenced to judgment. What do you mean by that? I mean, call on the name of the Lord. Believe and receive. If you need help with that, ask somebody here. Or come up to the front. There will be people to help you with that. Don't delay. Don't wait. Don't wait. If you don't have assurance of it, come and talk to somebody. Talk to somebody with you. See, this place is full of able ministers. That's right. Every believer a minister. Every believer a minister. And Lord, we thank you that in whatever we do, we pray about that today. We pray about that football game that a lot of us are thinking about today. We pray that you might be glorified through those players that call you Lord of their lives. That glory may come unto you that glory may come unto you. But we also pray for each one of us that in our lives and what we do, in work or play, whatever we're doing, that we might glorify you, that we may magnify you. That they might really see you in us. That you would shine, Jesus, shine through us to the world around us. And now we also pray for your blessing on the meal that we're going to 
partake together, Lord, that fellowship meal. Bless those, Adana Maria, that have served. Bless Maria, whose birthday it is today, in a special way, we pray. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you all. Hallelujah. Amen. My cares, I will.